Hey guys, uh, this is actually episode 221. We recorded it back in May when we were in Washington, D.C., so you hear us referencing it as episode 215. That is incorrect. 215 has already happened, guys. Let it go. So this is with Dave Schmidt talking about sound design recorded last May. Themed episode recorded last May in Washington, D.C. Year of our Lord, 2014. Everybody and welcome to the Comedy Film Nerds podcast on the road. Road show. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It, it really is. is. It's uh, our first uh, day of shooting in DC. Second, second, second. Day. Yeah. Well, I don't want to use the word disaster, but uh, <laughs> we had we had some issues. <laughs> yeah, we had okay. some issues. <laughs> it was all right. First of all, this is episode two hundred and fifteen. Yes. Um, my name is Graham Elwood. I'm Chris Mancini. Thank welcome. You. Welcome. Um, we are. We're uh, going to be talking about sound design in movies today, but also we're going to be giving a little earbuds uh, update. Earbuds update, and this is a very earbuds centric show, mainly because the entire crew is filming this. Yes, at this um, very moment. I told them not to, and they refused to turn off their cameras. They're mm-hmm. weirdos. Um, so they all have YouTube channels. They all have YouTube channels and uteruses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, so, yeah, okay. Let's, let's walk everybody through what happened. We were, today is May 14th. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. So. Let's talk about that fire you caused at, um, Chicago International well, Airport. if I want to swing my samurai sword around, uh, live electrical equipment <laughs> near oily rags, I think yeah, I get to do no that. No one's going to stop you. Who's going to say no? Yeah, it's America. It's, it's America. You can't stop me. And if I want to do that in the middle of a control tower, yeah. that's my right. <laughs> it is. I'm from Chicago. Don't tell me how to live. Um, so let us backtrack. Okay. So we, um, uh, ben Roberts, who is a fan of this show, who mm. works at the Capitol building, early on during the Kickstarter and, and saying we're going to go shoot interviews, was like, we got a, he contacted us, um, and we were like, okay, well, we want to shoot an interview yeah, yeah. with him at the Capitol building. So he steered us in the right direction. And so I'd say six to eight weeks ago started the process of getting a permit to shoot on the lawn. You cannot mm. roll video inside the Capitol building. No. Um, so we go through that process. Um, we get a permit to shoot on the whatever Union Square or something. And once again, application had to be what? Um, faxed. Faxed. The application <laughs> had to be faxed. So I, I don't understand how Congress shut yeah. down. They're still using brand new technology. Yes. So we sent it in via Pony Express, mm-hmm. um, a fax. I love when people ask for that. I'm always just like, do you know what year this is? So we did all that process. We got it cleared, yeah, set. So. May 14th, we're going to shoot. From Capitol Police confirmed. Capitol Police confirmed last Wednesday. May mm-hmm. 7th, they confirmed. So the plan was shoot from 10 to 2, and we told fans to show up. We're going to record you guys too. We're going to shoot Ben's interview, mm-hmm. and then we're going to shoot fan interviews, mm-hmm. and which was, which was going to be great. Wednesday, May 7th, confirmed. Thursday, May 8th, I get a call from the Capitol Police saying, oh, by the way, 
there's going to be a giant event where you were going to shoot, so you can't do that. Now, in all fairness to the Capitol building, they've only known about this event for a year. Yeah. So it wasn't like it wasn't like they could have told us before. It wasn't on their calendar. No, it wasn't no, on a whiteboard. I'm, it wasn't no, like, it wasn't hey, there. Memorial Day event <laughs> on the front of the Capitol where presidents take their inauguration. Mm. That's going to be occupied. It's a few chairs out there. Couple, couple, two, three chairs out there. A couple of tents blocking out the sun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we got that on. Wednesday, May or Thursday, yes. May eighth. Mm-hmm. The crew had the crew was all from the East Coast, right? So they've already been out, right? They already here. They were already there. They were already here. So we're like, okay, well, let's try to figure this out. You and I, you were flying in from Los Angeles on the thirteenth. Yeah, I would not getting until the evening. Not so, getting until the evening. Yeah, I, I was, was going to miss the shoot. You were going to miss the shoot no matter what. Yeah, I was flying in from because uh, Monday night the twelfth, I did a show in Lincoln, Nebraska. So I was going to try to fly in on the 13th. Sure. Perfect. No problem. Yeah. How'd that work out? It was great. Smooth, easy, breezy. So we get this whole lined up. We move the interview with Ben on the 13th. Right. We're trying to figure out when to do the fan interviews. Yeah, we figured out like how, when the sound guy should come up because he's an eight-hour drive away. Right. And we didn't want him to come up and have nothing to do. Nothing to do. <laughs> when can we do this? Um, and then also, when can we squeeze in these fan interviews? Right. Who were people driving from far away. People driving from far away. And, and you guys that did drive, you're amazing. And people who couldn't make it, we're sorry. This is, I want to explain to you what happened. I don't want you to yeah. think we just sort of haphazardly canceled this to screw you over. We're so sorry. Um, so the plan was then Keith Blomberg, our producer, was going to do ask Ben the questions and the crew was going to get the interview sure. in front of the Capitol building. Because the Capitol said, oh, by the way, you can't shoot on the 14th, but you can shoot on the 13th mm-hmm. from 1 to 4. Right. Great. I looked into flying and getting here early, taking a 6 a.m. flight out of Lincoln, Nebraska through O'Hare would have got me here at 1130. United two days out, said, yeah, that's wide open. Or they wanted to charge me 200 bucks. I said, let's save the money because day of travel, I can fly for free Mm -hmm. because I fly way too much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So I just decided we didn't want to spend the money. And then the the day before, all of a sudden, all the flights out of Lincoln, Nebraska are full. I was like, oh, man. So I'm still getting into D.C. at 4.30. Right. I leave my flight at 10 o'clock on the 13th, Lincoln, Nebraska, about ready to land at Chicago O'Hare. An announcement comes over the plane. There's been some sort of fire in a control tower, so they're shutting down the flights. We're going to divert you to South Bend, Indiana. Like they're not sure what kind. There's some sort of fire. Something is happening. Very vaguey. Yeah. Very conspiracy. Um, We land in South Bend, Indiana for about 90 minutes to two hours. Get on the plane. And meanwhile, I'm on the phone. I'm talking to Keith. We're FaceTiming what the shot's going to look like. Keith and those guys are getting the run around. Oh, the Capitol Police said, I said, do we need the permit? Now they'll know who you are. They get there. Keith, of course, is calling me going, they're asking for the permit. We don't have a permit. We don't have a permit. (laughs) They don't know who we are. This is is great. I don't know why Congress got shut down. They're such an efficient group. And uh, welcome to independent film. (laughs) Welcome to independent film and Washington, D.C. Yes. So they're running around. It's 85 degrees, whatever. They're doing an amazing job. They get the shot. It's uh, my hats off. This crew is amazing. We're we're blessed. These guys hustle hard and made it happen under not easy conditions. Meanwhile, you know what also helps in Washington too to name the name streets the exact same thing and have quadrants. So I'm on First Street. So am I. But you're on a different street. Oh, that's brilliant. Thanks, Mm -hmm. DC. 
Thanks. Like, people from Boston must come here and go, wow, this is a fuck-up fuck wow. layout. This yeah, is- and people from New Jersey, they should put traffic circles in here. That would make <laughs> things would much make better. It's so much better, the roundabout. Yeah. So efficient. <laughs> um, so I then land finally in O'Hare at 2.30 in the afternoon. They're finally letting, whatever. 600 flights have been canceled. So then they tell me, you're not getting on a flight till about five in the afternoon or whatever, you're gonna get in about eight or nine. I'm like, okay, fine. They keep pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back. I will say, remarkably calm on the phone calls. Because what what would I do? You know what I mean? (laughs) I've traveled so much that when stuff like this happens, there's nothing to get mad at. Mm. O'Hare was shut down. We're done, it doesn't matter. So we get there, move it back, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I finally get on a plane eight o'clock at night and, in, and I travel 100,000 miles a year. Mm-hmm. I've been flying a lot for 20 years. They said something I have never heard in my, in my life. We get on the plane, we're ready to go. Like, oh, it's been a long day. And I'm still, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm like, whatever, mm-hmm. this is, this is, I'm fine. They say we filled the plane up with too much fuel. So it's too heavy to land at Washington. And we're going to have to drive it. We're going to have to, <laughs> I would have accepted that answer. <laughs> I would have accepted that answer, Chris, as opposed to the, let us see if we can unload it. That takes 45 minutes. And then, oh, guess what? We can't. Changing planes. Oh, my God. Everybody off, gets on another plane. So this new plane, of course, this plane will be ready to go. And yeah. like, oh, whoops, no, mechanical problems on this plane. Wow. We get on you the know f- what the mechanical problem was? We don't know how to get the extra fuel off. Yeah, <laughs> the mechanical problem was we've never used the plane before. Yeah. Uh, our third plane finally left at like 11. Mm-hmm. I got in with the time change at 2 in the morning, checked into my hotel 3, 3.30. That's why we had to move the And enemies. made the DP pick you up. And made the DP. <laughs> <laughs> I did not make the DP pick me up. <laughs> I was very nice that this, I said I changed the rental car and I said go to sleep. And so we had to push the interviews back because we did a capital tour at 2 with Ben, which was amazing. Yes. And then did the interviews at 4. And the people that showed up, uh, Chris... Um, and then Matt and his wife's name, Blair. 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 Mm-hmm. Thank you, Keith. Blair and Matt. These Blair and Matt drove. They drove three hours from to get Virginia there. Beach, yeah. and the, and we're walking down. I was so glad we found them too, because it's it's you know we're in the giant mall at the you know between the Capitol and the. Then there's thousands the of people. Yeah, there's a graduation yeah. being set up. Yeah, yeah, and the uh, Washington Monument. So we knew like where to kind of meet mm-hmm. them. Like, and as soon as I said, "Oh, Palm Strike and Bain shirt," yeah, they're wearing Palm Strike. I knew immediately. <laughs> all right, that's them. These so, are podcast fans. And it was only Jesse and I, one of the mm-hmm. other camera guys, so we're like, well, how do we get this equipment from the curb over there? So we had them watch the equipment while we finished setting up. Podcast fans have helped this movie in so many <laughs> yes. ways, in so many ways. So we got that interview. These interviews were great. And then we just interviewed uh, your friend, Chris, yeah, yeah. who's a Freakonomics fan and, and had some really cool about what she wants. To, she works, she's, works for the, is a government contractor, and her ideas of using podcasts... For education, like that came up today a lot. It did, yeah, yeah. In these interviews, which like I've learned so much about podcasting from interviewing all these people. Yep. So it's great. And tomorrow we go to Baltimore to interview Paige Branson, who's an artist who mm. has sent us some art. And then we go to Philly. Yeah, and then New York. Then New York. And then Chicago. Then Chicago, Milwaukee, and then we're home for four days. And, and then, then we go to China. Uh, China. China. It'd be cool if we went to China. <laughs> we're going to Shanghai. We're going uh, to, we're Shang- going to, we're going Is to it Shanghai and yeah, Tokyo yeah. the same thing? <laughs> Australia and Japan. Yeah. yeah. Hong Kong, Australia. Mm-hmm. So we're going. <laughs> now we're going to the the uh, we're going to the studio to get a picture of Godzilla because there was a giant. Statue of course we are. Of course, of course we are. We are.
and we're gonna we're gonna watch a Godzilla. Yeah. It's coming weekend. Oh, yes, we are. You've gotten me right. excited about that movie. Yes, I've yes. seen so many trailers now. I've like and been like, I wasn't excited. You've got me fired up for it. I've watched yeah. so many trailers. All right, mm-hmm. so enough of the blah 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 with the earbuds. But you guys have been so awesome. Everyone that's been helping us out has been. Yeah, we want to thank you guys again. It's, been, it's going to be an amazing movie. Has been tremendous. So, so let's introduce our guest. Should we? No. Cut, Go ahead. Cut now and then break this down and. Yeah, yeah, because oh, we, yeah, we, okay. we, we're not Dave in yet. Okay, all right. So we're going to introduce our guest. Now, this is someone I've known since fourth grade, and have he has done the sound on every single one of my motion pictures. Every from one that we did on Claymation when we were uh, in middle school called Another Blob Movie, all the way through all my shorts on Myopic Visions to your film, Afghanistan. He is a miracle worker. Yes. I did not make his job easy on Afghanistan. <laughs> we'll get into that. And uh, I think he's one of the best sound designers around. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Schmidt. Is my mic on? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. <laughs> Oh Wait, if, <laughs> if I'm in the thing, can I be doing this thing as well as sure. when I'm in the sure. thing? You can do whatever yeah. you want, you can do both Dave. at the same time? Yep, yes. absolutely. <laughs> you can do both. Thanks for having me yeah. on this. <laughs> I don't know where to look or who to talk to. I can talk to Chris. It doesn't He's matter. He's right behind you. <laughs> the other Chris. This is audio. Oh. So don't this, these, the guy shooting this, this will be all it's, it's audio, so it's not important. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. I've heard that. I've heard that my whole career. These yeah. sound guys are so sensitive. Yeah, <laughs> they hear everything. Yeah. <laughs> that don't matter. He, when we were shooting in here, Dave heard the neighbor's refrigerator. And I was like, <laughs> "What?" I was There's like, "Not much we can do about that." Sound guys have ears that like dogs. Yeah. Well, are, the problem is trying to hear those things when the director is talking to the talent. And the grips are dropping C stands, and you know the the gels are rustling. The the only time it's quiet is it when they say roll camera. Well, at that point they get really mad. We say, oh wait a minute, there's, there's, there's a there's a noise issue. <laughs> Why didn't you do something about it before? Because <laughs> I couldn't hear it. You're busy dropping C stands. Because yeah, you're busy dropping C stands. <laughs> now this is one question that, that comes up a lot when we have Academy Awards. Um, Episodes. So mm-hmm. I want Dave to explain this as a um, sound designer. Now, okay. as you know, there are two different sound categories for Academy Awards. Uh-huh. There is sound editing and sound mixing. Now, as a sound guy, you give us your definition of the difference. Well, what's interesting is I I, I worked in, in D.C. for a long time, and now my company's based in Asheville, North Carolina, and I went out to L.A. to see about getting a job. And... Um, Interviewed with a bunch of different people, I got offered them, and we decided we didn't want to live where we, the ground might open up and we might fall in and die. <laughs> it's okay for you, but <laughs> I, we, Thanks, we decided Dave. not. Yeah. Appreciate but, it. But, but, they, but they said, are you, an edit- are you an editor or are you a mixer? And I, I do both. And they're like, well, you can't be both. You're either an editor or a mixer. And it's really strange for me that there are guys that just, they cut all the sound effects. They might record the sound effects. They might uh, compile them. They might um, layer them, edit them, do all the fades, create all the sounds, and they lay them, lay them up on all different tracks. And then when all that's done, it goes into the big mixing studio, you see, with the big thing, and there's the guys with the faders and the board, and there's, and there's usually just somebody doing dialogue, another one doing maybe music effects, music and the other one doing sound effects. So that's the mixing portion where they're just 
setting all the levels and making sure everything sounds all mixed together like they didn't do anything. The editing guys create the sounds, like you're talking about Godzilla, creating the guy Godzilla roar. The sound effects editors make that. Then the mixers just make it sound like it came out of his mouth in the middle of a either a, uh, a city or it's going to sound different if, if it happens on the side of a mountain. So then in essence, like with the mixing, with, let's use the Godzilla as an example. So they're mixing in the sound of Godzilla, whatever, the helicopters, the screaming, the car noises, they're mixing that all into Seamoth. And they're deciding which levels each sound needs right, to be. Right, right. Every one of those sounds was created by an editor somewhere. And it could be a team. It could be five. It, it could be ten. And then the mixers just put them all together. They, sometimes they're called re-recording mixers because you record the sound effects. And then when you put them together, you re-record them with everything else. Or dubbing mixers. So, so, so every year at the Oscars, how do you, like, do you feel like the Academy gets it right in their nominations and in their, and in their the, I don't the winner? Know. Or I do don't you feel like... I don't know how they decide. I, 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 I think it'd be really hard to not give it to a big budget movie. I mean, with a lot of, not big budget, but, but uh, you a know, like sound Transformers yeah. or Captain America or something where there's a lot... To do like if you just have two people talking, there's not a lot of sound editing to do because you're not making tons of sound effects. So that's probably not going to not going to win. So it's too bad. It's always the big budget smash them up movies, but those are the ones that you have to make all the really cool sounds for. Um, do they get it right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, generally the people who the guy, the guys who and 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 women. There's a lot of good women uh, mixers and and editors that win have been doing it for a long time and are really good at what they do. And if and a lot of them have won a couple times. What are some of those people in some of their projects? Like that you go, oh yeah, they they deserve that or that was amazing what they did. Well, well, this is my well, talk. Sound music is of course part of sound, and and Hans Zimmer does. Uh, a lot of compositions for a lot of different films. He did, a, I think, he did a number of the Batman films, and I think he does a really good job at integrating a lot of different types of technology in what he makes. Whether it's uh, the state-of-the-art new th- synthesizers or the really old uh, analog Moog synthesizers, he still uses them in this uh, lab he has, which is just incredible. What do you think that lab looks like? Oh, I've seen pictures of it. Yeah. It's, Does it have the z- 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 thing like you see in an old film? Oh, it, it, it might as well have the, the <laughs> Tesla coil. It's, it's like this. The Tesla coil. That's it's this huge underground living room, which, which is all dark wood, and he's just surrounded by all his electronics that just starts here and goes around the walls. Wow. <laughs> Your face just lit up. <laughs> like, someday, someday I will have a Zimmer house. I will live in a bunker that only has sound equipment in it, where I can hear my neighbors open up a candy wrapper. Well, let's talk about some, some classic, some of your favorite movies. Um, for whatever reasons, but also yeah. that you're like, oh man, the sound on this movie I really, yeah. I really liked. Yeah. Well, one of the first ones you ever get is Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now. That was that was really the first the term sound designer came from. The idea was that you can take and you make can make a feeling and propel the vision of the director in the film through sound, whether it's the there's a lot of helicopters in that movie. Yes. <laughs> but the way they treated 
all those helicopters. We made a reference to in Afghanistan Mm -hmm. when you're staring up at the blade going around and we put the helicopter sound in there. That's, I mean... Obviously, rip off. Right, yeah, we're actually <laughs> no, we're doing a, a straight up parody of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. But, but it's good that you bring that up because that was one of the things, you know, I saw Apocalypse Now as a kid on video, right? And when I first moved to LA, we, I saw it on the big, one of the things I loved about moving to LA was I saw it on yeah. the big screen. And I will never forget watching it on the big screen at the Cinerama Dome in Hollywood. It's amazing, yeah. The mix that they, the helicopter, flew over my head. Yeah. And that was like, that was amazing to me to where, you're, you're right, like from a sound standpoint, it made the helicopters almost like a character in the movie mm-hmm. because, and the way they would, thum, 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 they would slow it down yeah. with that door song playing. Yeah. And it really sort of, it, it, you're right, it, it brought you in to the whole tone of it from not just from the visual, but from yeah. the sound aspect. Where, where the sound and people give music that credit a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So like, well, the music can evoke a feeling or an emotion in the movie, but mm-hmm. really, sound can too, especially the way sound is mixed. And that's Helicopters is a great example. I mean, a horror movie is another great example too. The sound is, in a really good horror movie, that sound design is very manipulative as, as it should be to mm-hmm. evoke a mood and a feeling of fear mm-hmm. and dread. Yeah, I... I, I think it's really interesting to contrast the big movies, the Transformers, all, all the all the Marvel movies. That it's tough to have constant barrage on your ears for an hour and a half, two hours. You you have to have have a break, and and you know those those usually win because a lot of work goes into that. But it's also interesting what you can do when you just take everything away, and that can be really effective when you've had a lot going on and then suddenly it all just disappears and there's either nothing or there's very little like i mean you can there's, there's probably been five or six movies where somebody's in combat he's shooting everything there's chaos going on around him stuff's blowing up and then then you like got a shot of his face or and, and everything and you can just see that the sound just sucks in and all you might have is the heartbeat or the explosion goes off and all you hear is the wine. I don't know if they did that in Hurt Locker, but that, that would be a good example of st- or st- stuff's going on and all is the, he can't hear anything. So all you have is that wine. And, it's, and suddenly you're, just, it's, you're completely disconnected to anything that was just happening. And you're, you can see what he's going through. Those are amazing moments like that you're talking about from a sign. And, and like, you know, having this conversation is, is great because... It's one of the things I these movies that I really like, like like Hurt Locker and Apocalypse mm-hmm. Now, like where, like and that has well, had heavy sound had, design movies, so military and any mm-hmm. war movies heavily sound design. Like Saving Private Ryan Ooh. is uh, that's a huge sound design movie. But but it does those things that. that you're talking about. How okay, like Saving Private Ryan. Obviously, it was we've talked about it on the show. It's groundbreaking that first. That that the, the D-Day invasion is, is was groundbreaking in terms of no one had ever shot war footage that way before, and and there's stuff that happens where and even towards the end of the movie that thing that you're talking about there's all this stuff and then you almost are inside the character like Tom Hanks's brain as he blocks it out and he's just hearing one little thing and again it's amazing how you you put it in those terms how the sound design evokes the emotion because right. that you know as as 
from, from like doing, from being over, like, I don't know what it's like to be in combat. I'm not a combat soldier at all. But having been like in a helicopter, and this is in Afghanistan, where there's, there is gunfire and these things happen. Or like when I remember one time when I was in Iraq and there, we were outside one of Saddam's palaces. It was this sort of nice fall day. And all of a sudden you heard in the distance, thump. And then I was like, huh, that sounded like a rocket launching. And then all of a sudden came over the inter- intercom, incoming, incoming. And then as I'm walking inside, I was like, oh, shit, get inside. I heard <laughs> over my head. And if I were to make that in a movie, if I were to recreate that in a film, I would have the sound designer make that because that noise like penetrated my soul. I was inside and there was these Washington Redskin cheerleaders who were out there, heard it too, and we were like shaking because it was like, it sounded way too close for me. And that's what a sound designer can do, is, is, is bring you in, that, in those moments, yeah. which, which like, are unbelievable. I think those are the best moments when it is loud and crazy in the, in the action movie or war movie, and then it goes... It goes quiet. It goes quiet. There's, there's a scene in, in a film that I, I really love the sound in. It's the movie The Patriot with Mel Gibson. Well, the were they the Hessians who came and searched for him in the in the house, and they're running around. There's horses and people yelling, and uh, they're trying to burn down the house. And like, I don't know if it's Mel Gibson. Someone, someone's hiding under the floorboards of the uh, dining room. So the main general comes in and he's looking for him, and everything is quiet except for him walking around the room. And he's got these big riding boots on. So all it is is the sound of his feet hitting the floor. And you're underneath. And you don't know what this guy's doing, but you just hear these boots that's one sound. hitting the floor. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And he'd stop, and there's maybe a creak of the floor. Oh. And then that's it, and eventually he leaves. Yeah. And then it's chaos again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, why don't we uh, take a break here? So uh, they wanted to wrap up. Yeah, we got to break the crew. Uh-huh. We're going to take a quick break, mm-hmm. guys, and we'll be right back with more sound design. Okay, so... Oh, I was just going to say one thing that brought me to talking about uh, sound design is uh, a type of movie that doesn't always get credit, and that's animated movies, because it's all sound design. There's nothing that's created with animation. You're literally starting from scratch, and there's some amazing sound design in animated movies, like even WALL-E. Was uh, was fantastic the way everything mixes together, but the yeah. Well, Wally was a good example of Ben Burt doing the first twenty minutes of that doesn't have anything except sound effects. Right. It doesn't have any dialogue. Of course, he's not really talking. It doesn't have any music. It doesn't have anything except him going around on this planet. So all you have is sound design. Yeah. You know, there's since there is no music and no dialogue. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I hadn't mm-hmm. thought of that. Yeah, you know what I mean. I had never thought of that until we're talking about this. Yeah, I mean, obviously it makes sense. But <laughs> and he did he did such a great job making that character so human. He did he did so many good voice affectations of this computer, you know, beeps and bloops, which of course go back to R two D two being able to make yes. that character mm-hmm. look right. But not he made like those emotional can. reactions, and he made this character where you feel for him. He feels lonely. How do you make a robot yeah. <laughs> feel lonely with no yeah. dialogue and no music? Mm-hmm. It was awesome. That's yeah. amazing. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, well, because you know we talked about it, and a lot of people have have watched it on this show. Is how uh, hard it was to to Afghanistan. 
Um, <laughs> because I obviously, I shot that on a, on a consumer ham, handy cam, you know, like a Sony camcorder. And so we're using the microphone that came on it. I think I bought a little external one that was slightly better, but still was running around, had no sound guy, no nothing, and just was, had a handy cam and then would set up a tripod, basically. And I remember, you know, when we were had it with the editors and, I, and the editor was like, man, there's some of this dialogue we just can't hear or there's hell, like there's all, you know, war zones are crazy loud. There's all this loud equipment. And Chris, you were the one who goes, you need to take this to my friend Dave yeah. Schmidt. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. He lives in North Carolina. How's this? And you're like, no, he will really do. Things. Trust me. Trust me. You were like, trust me. I was like, okay. And it was like, go into some detail for our for people listening, what it's like working on a project like that that's really hard. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't make well, it easy for you at all. Well, it's, it's interesting of how much perspective sound gets from the picture. If it, when it's completely removed from the picture, um, any little sound, you wonder what it is. But once you get a picture, some of that gets excused. Like, you talk about your... Uh, you're, you're talking in, in the desert, and there's uh, rockets going over, or a uh, truck going by, or, or wind and sand. So, yeah, some of the sound was bad from that, but being able to see what's going on around it sometimes helps excuse mm-hmm. some of those sounds. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it's, it's not always that way, and for the stuff that was really down deep where there was just too much... There's just some tools I have and every sound mixer has to try to dig out the frequencies that you want to hear and get rid of all the frequencies you don't want to hear. So it's, it's a matter of, okay, this frequency is important to the human voice and these frequencies aren't. This, this, is, this is some stuff that we can remove with other, other software and tools I have. So you have robot help. <laughs> yes. I, 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 <laughs> They're actually my children. You yeah. said that very <laughs> deviously, Dave. Yeah. Um, so can you explain that to me a little bit? Obviously, I don't know that much about sound, but about how you so, get different frequencies and bring them out. Or So the, like the, the, male fre- the main range for a male frequency is somewhere around 800 hertz. Okay. And the frequency spectrum we hear is about 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. So anything below about 100 hertz... It doesn't matter for the human voice. Almost nobody has a lot of information down there unless you're James Earl Jones or something right. like that. And consequently, there's not much in the human voice over 10,000 hertz. So you can just get rid of those just to start with. And then after you do that, the content that's in the middle you can start finding individual frequencies like we were talking about a wine. If there's a wine, say the refrigerator or um, a generator that's constant in a single frequency, I can find that and just get rid of that single frequency. Oh, okay. And the idea is to carve out the stuff we don't want without affecting the stuff we do want. And you'll you'll you can, like, you can start to hear it's it. It's almost like sound surgery. Yeah. It really is. Yes, removing the cancerous bits. Yes. <laughs> Are uh, leaving the good bits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a lot of new tools now that you can, if it's a constant sound, like an air conditioner, you can sample that, 
and say, remove this sound from everything else. And it just takes out that sound oh. from everything else and it leaves all the other content that you but, like. But now if it's a variable sound, that's when it gets tricky, right? Yeah, yeah. and in, and in that case, I may have to find, the, find out where it is and where it starts and ends, and I can actually automate the noise reduction where as the sound moves, I can track it as the sound moves so that then when I roll the, when I roll the tape back, Mm-mm. Can you see air quotes? Yes, yes. <laughs> if, I, if I put them quote close, you can you see <laughs> close to the transmitter, you'll see my air quotes. Yes, um, you totally know how this works. <laughs> um, I completely forget, completely forgot what I was saying. Um, um, you're following the sound. Oh yeah. Able. So when I roll back the tape, which is of course digital, it follows it every time I play it back. So it then removes it every time I play it back. Mm. What, what is your favorite part about doing sound? Because um, obviously you're, 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 you do on set, yeah. you're doing on set for this, these shoots on yeah. the East Coast for us. Yeah. And then you obviously do editing and mixing and sound mm-hmm. design and all that stuff. What is your favorite part about it? Being able to say quiet on set. <laughs> you know, really in the daddy voice. Yeah. <laughs> Using my daddy voice on set, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I understand um, that. Oh, we forgot to mention too, Dave also did our uh, TiVo spot. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah, for, the table uh, spot we did. That was, that was a lot of fun. That that yeah. that, that goes into one of those. Um, pardon me while I reposition my mic. I've never, I never record myself, so this is really weird. Yeah, yeah I'm hearing myself. He's wearing his microphone, recording this whole th- yeah. show into his equipment. Yeah, um, that that was really fun because that was one of those where there's nothing. It was like an animated thing. It was right. it was totally blank, and you have these sci-fi things which are fun because. Who knows what it sounds like? You can make it sound like anything you want it to sound. So um, I think it's really interesting to do something like that and then having a a director or a producer or whoever you're doing it for come back and say, yeah, that's great, that's fabulous. But also it's like, whoa, I thought it would have more like this of an element or that of an element and I thought it would be more organic or more squishy or... Uh, can you put more edge to it? So that's kind of interesting to uh, get the feedback and the collaboration with people. Because um, I, 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 I think a lot of times it's 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 not good to work in isolation. Like a lot of times when you're working on a film, like an editor might work in isolation for a while, but evidently he's got to show it to somebody, and he needs that feedback to say, "I know you worked." five days cutting the sequence, but it really doesn't work. Right. Or, like, like I just sent off the first, first mix of something, of a movie, with, with all the sound effects to the producer, and I'm like, all right, this is just first pass with everything in, we're gonna, we're gonna adjust from here. Give me specific notes, what you're looking for, what you're gonna go in for, and then we'll do up, down, back, forth, more or less, add more sound, add less here. So it's, so it's that refining process that I like. It can, it can actually, when I first start mixing a scene, it can actually be frustrating because most of the time I can hear it finished in my head when I see it. So I just have to get it from hearing it in my head to it coming out of the speakers. And sometimes that can be frustrating for me because I know what I want it to sound like and it has to get there and I'm really eager for it to get there. But just, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me, what, like... Since we're like, as we're 
halfway through principal photography on earbuds. It's a lot of interviews and then a lot of B-roll and stuff like that. What do you foresee you having to deal with, and and what do you see? What do you see the, the editing and mixing and sound design being on on this documentary? Other than removing refrigerators and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, we're doing some. We've done some interviews outside, yeah. and there's sirens and airplanes and that kind of stuff. But. Yeah. Um, I I don't think it's going to be that tough, really. I I I think you're. You're trying to get these interviews and you're trying to get them in controlled situations with people who want to be there. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to go fairly smoothly. Of course, whenever you get outside in the chaos with all kinds of people around you, probably the the hardest thing is going to be not that you're in a location and it's loud and you're talking to people. Well, usually what happens is you, you cut that up. So the background sound is going to change every time you cut that up. So it's then making it seem like you didn't cut it up. So the background is constant, even though you might have taken bits from different locations or even a, a siren's going off and you cut in the middle of a siren. Well, it's obvious the cut was made there because the siren suddenly disappears. Mm-hmm. So how to make all that background smooth out so you yeah. don't notice it. It's, it's, it's the opposite of getting an award for getting, doing really good sound design is having the sound design not be heard at all. Right. So you just think it was just all done in that one location at that one spot. Right. With no edits. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning a lot from this from this yep, episode. Yep. Well, that's so cool, man. Anything else? Um, we'll do uh, your favorite sound design movies. Just one or two. That where you watched that movie and went, you know what, that was some amazing sound design. Well, I really like the beginning of Wally. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't agree more. Um, I think there's some iconic sounds out there, and and I know it's dialogue, but in 2001, there's the robot right. doing "Stop, Dave." Yeah, yeah, Dave. And the way it was delivered, and the way it's so just disembodied. And it's all sound. In it's, his head. Yeah. And they also then, they, it was such a great, I don't know, maybe you can call it collaboration between the visual, just the, the tight zoom in of the Hal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, just the light. The light, yeah. just yeah. This, this light and then that, that voice. What are you doing? Like Dave? those together were so like. And your name's Dave. That's the other reason yeah. why you like that. You like a robot talking to yeah. you. Um, and you're Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was, a, that was a really cool thing. Yeah. And um, what else? What, I'm sorry. What would you recommend to someone that wants to get in to just like, hey, what's a good movie for sound design that other than the ones you've already mentioned that you would say to somebody or someone that's like, I want to get into sound design. Where would uh-huh. you steer them? There's, I think it's on the two towers of Lord of the Rings. There's an extra where they do the Battle of Helm's Deep and they have it in uh, eight or nine different videos. You can play one after another. Mm -hmm. And they isolate the different parts of the sound design. You can play it all at once. Then you can play just the metal and the clanking sounds. Then you can just isolate the flying sounds, the arrows. Uh, then you can just isolate the crowd walla, all the voices of oh, just yeah. 
the hordes, and then you can isolate the atmospheric effects, the rain, the wind, things like that, and then you can listen to it all together. Oh, cool. And it's, it's just eye-opening. Even, right. even to me, <laughs> hearing it, this, all these thousands of tiny little elements done by a sound editor right. were then put together by a sound mixer that it's just seamless. It looks like it happens. And I, one time I was talking to someone, I think I, I blew their mind when I said, well, I, I do sound. What do you mean you do sound? Well, I mix it, the sound that's in a film. Well, what do you mean? It just happens. They record it. Like, no, <laughs> they don't. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you what I do. And it, it kind of blew her mind. <laughs> that we, we put that all in later. <laughs> yeah, I think some people just don't, don't even realize what's involved yeah. in, in just sound on a picture. Yeah, and particularly some, some of the sets that are just really harsh sets when you're dealing with either uh, a city which you can't lock down right. or a wind machine or, or bad uh, weather. Bad weather or vehicles that have to be moving, practical vehicles, yeah. or uh, wind machines or, or, or dollies where you can't get a boom anywhere yeah. near the characters that, well, we can't use any of that that was recorded yeah. on set. Well, the original Star Wars is another great example of sound editing mm-hmm. and, and mixing as well because yeah. all those sounds, I mean, we take them for granted now, but a lot of them were created. Everything from the laser fire to Chewbacca to the sound of the TIE fighter yeah. flying by, which is a different sound than the other spaceships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff was created for that movie. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like almost think fa- the later... I remember like, seeing a documentary where like, the laser fire was like... A guy went out and it was like hitting a wrench on like a, a telephone cable. Yeah. Like these, all these things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the crazy thing. That's, that's the, the people who hear it can, can hear the sound they want, but they also go out and discover other sounds and then take it and manipulate it. And the sounds from Star Wars, and, and that this is a TV show, but the sounds from Star Trek, there's sounds that if you were to just do them right now, everyone would go, oh, Oh, that's, that's a phaser. A, that's, or that's a phaser. Yeah. That's a tricorder. That's an X-wing fighter. That's, that's a the, that's the teleporter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like they're just so iconic mm-hmm. sounds that 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 makes Chewbacca. It Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. All of it. Oh my, Star Wars is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I bought my son a book of the the, the sounds of Star Wars, and, it, and it, you'd open it up, and there'd be a page and a picture, and it would tell about it, and you could push a button, and, and it you would play it. the sound, and it would. They would talk about how they made. Can I? The where sound. is this book? Yeah, how do I get one of these books? It's it was like probably at Amazon. It's like a fifty dollar book. Um, I think I still have it. That's awesome. It's, it's at home. Oh, cool! All right, we're gonna get them. All right, <laughs> Star Wars sound. The sound of Star Wars books. So I'm, getting, I'm getting one. Uh, all right. Well, that's an awesome episode, man. It was really cool, Dave. As always, I'm happy to be working with you since yeah. fourth grade. And, uh, <laughs> we, we started with the Blob. With the yep, another Blob movie. The thing I loved about that is when we made that in middle school, and then uh, when I put the DVD together on Myopic Visions, I sent it back to Dave twenty years later, and he sound designed it. No, that's what's so great. <laughs> but didn't I just put Roundabout on it? Did that I was put the actual, original that one. That was the original That's one? the original one. You just put Roundabout Did on it. Did I put but explosions but and then, stuff on no, it? No, we, we sound designed the entire thing, and I had a composer, and you mixed the entire thing. <laughs> so we can, is this, this is on Myopic Visions? This is on Myopic Visions, <laughs> oh, yeah. folks, if you guys I need to pull watch, that out. <laughs> if you want to yeah. watch Blob on Myopic Visions. I remember, because I think if I remember the exact ages, it has our ages at the beginning. It was like, um, you know, Dave Schmidt and Chris Mancini, age 13, and then it put... 
Additional sound design, Dave Schmidt, 38. And then, and then composer, Gary Stockdale, uh, 51 or something. That's amazing. So we revisited it. It was oh, great. That's awesome. It's like a retrospective. Right on. Well, yeah. is it, do you have a website for your company? Can people? Yeah, my company is Acapella Audio. Mm-hmm. It's acapellaaudio.com. Mm-hmm. Sweet. And you do everything. You work with indies, big uh, stuff, commercials. Mm-hmm. You'll do, you know, you'll, uh, you'll mm-hmm. do audio, everything. Everything from production uh, recording. Yeah, location sound, audio. Location mm-hmm. audio to uh, post. Mm-hmm. Yep. Does it all. Mm-hmm. I do it all. Glad you're involved in this film, my friend. Yeah, so am I. Um, well, cool. This was awesome. Yeah, this was great. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. This is episode 215. On the road. On the road. Somewhere in a bunker in D.C. DC or yes. Virginia. We don't know. <laughs> Unpermitted. Unpermitted. <laughs> we didn't even need the permit when we shot at the Capitol. We ended up just shooting on the mall where anyone can shoot. Yeah. It was insane. Uh, all right. Well, thank you um, to Blair, Matt, and Chris who came out today once again. And to all the fans who have been helping out. Uh, ben, Roberts, everybody, you guys have been awesome. And thank you to Dave Schmidt. Uh, of course, follow us uh, at Earbuds Pod Movie on Twitter mm-hmm. and uh, earbudspodmovie.com. We're on Facebook. Follow the status of yep. this because we're going to be shooting yeah, a lot dating. the next week mm-hmm. or next month. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Thank you so much, uh, Dave. Once again, my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember Han, Han shot, shot first. first. <laughs> Great sound design, Chris. (laughs) That's great.